does this shock you? Those are Jesus's words, maybe to you right now. It's something that's difficult to understand, difficult to unpack. We realize that Jesus doesn't mince his words. He doesn't try to excuse it. He says, yeah, this is real. I'm speaking literally. Does this shock you? This is Truth Bob. This is Truth Bob. With Jake and Kathy. I'm Jake and she's Kathy. This is another episode of Truth Pop, giving you a Catholic take on faith and culture, helping you to live out your faith in modern day culture. So recently, a popular Christian singer had an interview and he tried to make the case that Jesus was speaking symbolically during John chapter six for the bread of life discourse. It's interesting because he makes a lot of points that actually go against his case. I think a lot of religions have been birthed out of just people reading through their flesh what the Bible says. And then there's been obviously relationship with the king and miracles, signs and wonders when people actually interpreted it through the spirit, right? Jesus said this, when people are following Jesus in John chapter six, Jesus said this, he said, you're only following me because I fed you. He makes that comment, right? And then he goes on, he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. He says this like six times. The Bible says that people got offended, that people started quarreling. What does he mean? Because they thought he meant he had to cannibalize them. These are people who interpreted Jesus through their flesh. When he said it again, everyone left except the disciples. And Jesus made this comment. He said, it's the, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Meaning people will follow God until they don't understand him anymore. Then they'll deconstruct or they'll run away when things get tough. But he said, listen, it's the spirit that gives life. And he looked at the disciples. He said, are you going to leave too after everyone left? And they said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, Jesus didn't backtrack. He didn't cookie cut it. People misunderstood Jesus in that moment. Many people misunderstand the Bible. When you fast forward some chapters, Jesus is in the upper room and he lifts up the bread and he lifts up the wine and he said, this is my body. This is my blood. And people who left him missed that. They thought they want, that he wanted him to eat his body. Like, But Jesus was saying, no, no, if you'd have stuck with me, you'd have understood that there was a greater purpose and a greater thing. And it was actually much easier than you thought. You just got in your flesh about it. So, All right, so let's unpack this because th- there's a lot going on here. Uh, first of all, it seems like he's making the case that if Jesus knew that the disciples were under false pretenses, he would have let them walk away. So in other words, if Jesus was under this impression that like, okay, I got all these disciples, here's all these crowds, I'm trying to keep the crowds. All of a sudden they're, they're believing that I just said, oh, this is actually my body. He, he's trying to make the case then that Jesus would have let them walk away. But saying, oh, sorry, you snooze, you lose. And I don't think that's true. I think it's very clear that Jesus knew what he had said was shocking these crowds, startling the masses, and he let them walk away because he wasn't going to apologize for it. He wasn't going to try to correct himself. If they had actually believed something that Jesus wasn't trying to say, he would have corrected himself. He would have loved them too much to let them walk away under false pretenses, but he lets them go. And it was actually only about 500 years ago when people started to believe that the Eucharist was just a symbol. When Jesus told us to eat his body and drink his blood that we should just interpret that symbolically. The church ever since it was found by Jesus had always believed that he was speaking literally. They believed in the Eucharist that we do receive his body and his blood. You know, that's a good point too, babe, because 
you know, I noticed he used that word. He used the word birthed as if to think that, you know, that the early church believed it was a symbol. And then this movement came about that, you know, believed that, no, it was the true presence of Jesus. Well, no, Jesus birthed this idea, right? So this wasn't any sort of man-made religion that started believing in the true presence of Jesus. He also uses the word deconstruct, which I think is interesting because deconstruction is something that a lot of people are doing to unpack scripture now. Um, But we really need to be honest with ourselves that, you know, it was the Protestant Reformation that said sola scriptura, that it's scripture alone, that we need to look at scripture as the only guide. But up until that point, we did have the magisterium. We we have the church teaching that, you know, tradition complements scripture. So we really have to be honest that if we're only being guided by scripture, we could be easily dissuaded by the way that we interpret scripture or we could look at a verse and misunderstand its original intention yeah and he says don't read the bible in the flesh you need to read the bible in the spirit and honestly i think he's doing the opposite i think he's reading the bible in the flesh rather than in the spirit because it's way easier to think oh yeah this is a symbol like We eat the bread and we drink the blood and we think of Jesus. But no, it's a lot harder to believe that this bread and this wine is actually Jesus's body and blood. He also quotes John chapter 6, verse 63. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. When Jesus says the flesh profits nothing, he's not talking about his flesh. He's talking about fallen human nature. Now, the verses before this verse, he continuously says, my flesh, my body, my blood. But this time he says, the flesh. He's talking about human nature, fallen human nature. So when Jesus says, it's the spirit that gives life and the flesh profits nothing, he's saying that you can do nothing without God. In your fallen nature, you need God's grace. So therefore, you need God's grace to understand what he's saying with the bread of life discourse. And it's really fallen nature to discount what he's saying and to not take it literally and to not take Jesus on his word. You know, C.S. Lewis brought up a really important point saying that Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. So one, he's either not telling the truth. Two, he's crazy and off his rockers or three he's lord and everything he says is true and you can apply this to the bread of life discourse so jesus is either lying which would not only discredit this it would discredit all of his teaching or he'd be crazy and if he were crazy then i think everybody would have figured that out or the third option he is lord and we take him at his word Another thing we need to remember is that the Eucharist is rooted in rich tradition of the Old Testament. The Old Testament talks a lot about the Passover and eating the Passover meal and eating the Passover lamb. Now, the person in the audio says that when you fast forward some chapters, Jesus is in the upper room and he lifts up the bread and he lifts up the wine and he said, this is my body and this is my blood. And he said, that is his case for why this is a symbol but actually jesus is doing this as the start of the passover meal he's bringing back he's celebrating the passover with his disciples and it's interesting to note that 
the Passover meal had four cups. And Jesus said on the third cup, this is my blood. The fourth cup was essential with the Passover meal. And so his disciples were wondering, why didn't he drink the fourth cup? But if you fast forward a little bit, Jesus says right before he dies, I thirst. And then he drinks the cup and he says, it is finished. Jesus completed the Passover meal and he drank the cup of consummation. That was what the fourth cup was called. So Jesus gave his body and blood starting in the upper room and he finished it on the cross. Jesus also did not have his legs broken. The other two criminals next to him had their legs broken, but he instead was pierced with a spear and blood and water came out. In the Old Testament, the Passover lamb, the sacrificial lamb, could not have his legs broken. Jesus becomes the new sacrificial Passover lamb that we are to feed upon. And so therefore, every time we participate in the mass, we are being brought back to Calvary, witnessing Jesus's crucifixion. And we take part in that and we consume Jesus and become one with him. And that word consume, we have to highlight, babe, right? Because it was the cup of consummation that was the fourth cup. And then we consume Jesus's body. This is a reflection of the intimate love that Jesus has for each and every single one of us that he gives himself up so that we can consume him. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that use that word cannibalism to darken what's actually happening, to make it sound like a scary thing. But what if we were to flip it and make it look like this ultimate love story? Because that's what it is. It's Jesus giving himself up completely for us so that we can be one with him. You know, Protestants talk about, well, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I think that's beautiful. We should have that. But Catholics take that a step further and say, well, we have an intimate relationship with Jesus. We are one with him. That's the closest we can get to heaven on this earth is receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. That is such a gift. And are we taking that for granted? Are we just going through the motions when we receive Jesus at mass? Do we think that it's a symbol? Or are we really taking our faith seriously enough to say, no, this is real. Yes, it may be shocking. Yes, it may be scary. It may be hard. But if we take Jesus's words literally, how can it help us to trust him more, to heal from our past wounds, and to come to a greater respect for Jesus's love and sacrifice on the cross? And just as Jesus allowed his disciples to walk away when he gave this teaching in John 6, he gives that question to us too. Will you also leave? And we love what St. Peter says. St. Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? And I think that maybe we can look this square in the eye and ask ourselves, well, why am I Catholic? Am I Catholic because of that priest that I love? Or have I thought about leaving the Catholic church because I don't like that bishop? If we're Catholics for anything or anyone else other than Jesus, we're on shaky ground. But what if we were to be Catholic because of Jesus and because of the Eucharist, because we truly believe this and we know that there's nowhere else in the world where we can receive Jesus this way, not symbolically, but literally. And if we truly believe that the Eucharist is real, we can't go anywhere else. We have to stay Catholic. I think we really need to reflect and pray about that and ask ourselves, why 
And how am I taking this teaching literally and seriously? This is Truth Bob.